Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host today, Kevin Pibus with True Cannabis. And uh, today we have a great episode, number 104, and we have uh, Taylor Hottenstein with uh, Valorcraft. Taylor, how's it going today, buddy? Good, good. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. And as always, we have uh, Tom Beller over Relief Relief Solutions. <laughs> Tom, how you doing, right. buddy? I'm 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 struggling right now. That's all right, man. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for the show. And uh, yeah, it's good to see everyone in uh, good spirits. And hopefully next week we'll get uh, Ryan back on the show. Yeah, that'd be great. Any uh, any squatch sightings up there this summer? Um. <laughs> Uh, just some knocks, some tree knocks. Just some tree knocks. All right, cool. Yeah. And uh, while Ryan's out, we got uh, Nate Darling over at the uh, the Redemption Fort. How's it going, Nate? Very good, very good. Busy day, lots going on this week, but that's how we like it. Yeah, it seems everybody's pretty busy these days. Uh, you know, summertime, everybody's trying to get things done outside, but then uh, also got work to do. So uh, I understand that. Uh, so, uh, Taylor, uh, you're over at Valorcraft. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to meet you in person, but we chatted a little bit uh, earlier in the uh, in the pre-show. Um, and you're a, you're a former caregiver. Um, you also a, a, were a former bud, bud tender. Um, and uh, you're now with Valorcraft, and you're doing sales over there. Um, why don't you give us an introduction about uh, who you are and how you got into the industry and, and uh, how you've made your way to Valorcraft? Yeah, absolutely. So just a distinction. I, I was not a caregiver. I just I worked with caregivers to do some amateur graphics here and there. Um, and that's kind of what led to me getting uh, an opportunity at um, a dispensary over in, in Southwest Michigan here. Um, just early on as a bud tender, like you said, um, doing some social media stuff. And um, yeah, then that from there, it, uh, it grew into an inventory management opportunity learned a lot about metric and, and the client side of things, saw the whole transition from, you know, primarily purchasing from caregivers into the licensed market and everything that happened there. I managed inventory through the vape recall crisis. So that taught me a lot. Um, and then, uh, you know, coming from there, I took a store manager position at uh, uh, some local stores in Southwest. And, uh, and then I moved into the sales position about a year and a half ago. So from there, um, yeah, it's, it's just been a crazy ride. You know, I think the first summer that I was in the sales position, uh, the market was a totally different place. And it's it's funny and, and just it's a wild ride to see how much it can change from October to January to here now in the summertime, kind of coming back up. And then you, you kind of get used to those ebbs and flows. So, um, you know, managing a lot, getting through, building the brand. We, we've worked with a lot of stores in the last year. I think we now we just crossed that hundred store threshold uh so uh good things you know we're, we're getting around this has been probably you know the best job i've ever had for sure i love doing what i get to do yeah we all love doing what we got to do this is this is a great industry to work in um yeah. taylor t- talk to me about valorcraft um for the listeners out there that don't know about valorcraft what what is valorcraft and uh what what areas do you guys work in are you processing are you cultivating are you retail what what's valorcraft all about yeah, so Valorcraft is uh, is our branding. Um, the uh, our company name is American Fiber. 
Um, it was founded by a, uh, a Marine, uh, James Robin. He was in the Marines for 13 years. And uh, unfortunately, his third tour in Iraq, he hit a roadside bomb and uh, was injured, lost some of the other guys that were in the vehicle with him. And coming back from that, um, was awarded a Purple Heart. You know, did a lot of things to be honored for his service, but also, you know, cannabis was what kept him away from opioids and a lot of people just kind of turning to alcohol to try to, to cope with everything that you, you could imagine coming from, you know, coming home from something like that. And that's what got him started in, uh, in this business. And, and that's why we're here today. Um, but uh, primarily right now, what we focus on is bulk and pre-packed flour. Um, our pre-packed stuff looks kind of like this. So uh, nice, pretty packaging. We do pre-packed eights and then we do pre-rolls, all that jazz. We do have a live resin cart out, but we pro we partner with processors to uh, to produce some of those products. But uh, we're moving into some other spaces here uh, in the future too. We got a few things that we're, we're working on that we're excited about, but uh, I would say probably 80% of all of our businesses is flour. Right on. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't really know a whole lot about Valorcraft, so that's that's very interesting. I've had always heard good things, but I just um, haven't heard directly, you know, what what you guys are up to. Um, but um, talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, you're in, you're in the sales part uh, of Valorcraft. Talk to me about some of the strains that you guys grow and and what you're seeing out there in the field when it comes to THC percentage and what you guys are doing to kind of educate the consumer um, away from just you know just dictating their purchase based yeah. off of THC alone. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, well, you know, that's been a big thing. You know, we've, we've spent the last year honing in, uh, what phenos we want to stick with and what are the, the strains that we're landing on. And, you know, we've had some that score high, but the terpene profile, like doesn't hit 2% or, um, you know, it just, it, or it's, it's frustrating to grow and it's just not as, uh, as predictable as some of the other strains that we're using. And so right now we have three strains that are under 20%, but, uh, the now and later, came in at 3.5% terpenes. Um, our African fuel is like 2.5 and our, um, our Chernobyl, which is, it's like a 2.3, but it's full of lemonine and it is so pungent. You open up the bag and it smells like lemons. Uh, and so that's really been a big deal for us is, you know, sticking to our guns and saying, these are three of some of our best strains. Like, yeah, we have stuff in the twenties. We have a rampage that just hit 27%. Uh, but the terpenes are high in that too. So it's it's kind of like, how does it complement each other is, is a big priority for us. Um, most recently, we've really tried to, you know, even the menus that I send out, we make sure to have the, the dominant terpene and the percentage of terpenes included as well to try to help equip the, the stores. You know, basically for me, it's like, what do we got to do to make it as easy as possible for the stores to talk about this efficiently? Um, and uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Local Roots. They they have like a shared file and you go in and you fill in all that information so that their bud tenders have it ready to go. And I think that's just such a great approach. And I, I've been pushing on all of our clients to do something similar, you know, just to say like, I'm willing to do the work to type it in for you. You don't have to do anything else. Let me give you all the information. And we've really started to get a lot more traction with people purchasing based off of terpene profile and not just chasing THC. So I think, you know, part of it is, is staying committed to that education and, and actually leading the way, not just saying that you care about terpenes, but putting it out there. You know, we've, we could have done better at that sooner. 
Um, but really in the last year, that's really what we've started to focus on. Even, you know, the way that we're going to talk about, you know, sativa versus indica, we're going to start renaming some of that to launch and landing to try to get away from using verbiage that may not necessarily be as accurate as we, as we like, uh, but still can communicate the effects that you can anticipate from that strain. So that's been the big thing. Uh, we have a few other strains too, but my, my big standout favorites are that is the now and later, which I'm getting ready to, uh, to try some of that actually. Um, and our, uh, our Chernobyl, those are my two tops. Yeah, Taylor, I, I totally agree with you. And I commend, you know, Valorcraft and, and Roy over at Local Roots for all that they're doing. Um, you know, I've seen the the um, the spreadsheet he's working on. It does make it super easy. And, you know, our job, you know, I'm, as a, I'm a cultivator, you know, and you, you guys are cultivators as well. Our job is to make it as, as understandable as possible for the consumer. And if we don't give them the information, how are we going to be able to expect them to d differentiate anything but THC if, if THC is the only thing that we're pushing, right? Um, so I commend you guys for doing all the, the terpene testings. I've, I've been doing that as well. I know Tom does that as well, includes it with all of our sales uh, so that they are educated on that. But um, that idea Roy came up with to do the spreadsheet is, is, a, is a great idea. Um, and I'm hoping that some other people will start to do that. Um, do you think that you're starting to see from, the, at least from the purchasing perspective, that we're starting to turn that corner where it isn't just strictly dominated by THC content? Yeah, I think so, especially in the relationships that we're trying to build with smaller companies. You know, they, I think that the price point for them is always going to seem a lot higher just because they're buying in smaller amounts. And and so even in that, that regard, I just, it seems like it opens up the smaller stores to buy what they think is is best and it's going to go on on best for their shelves whereas like big volume buys those, those bigger volume stores they're always going to hit you and say oh it's not it's at this percentage um or if uh you know if if it's too low or something like that then they'll sit there and just knock down the price on you and stuff like that so really for me it's like yes we should be educating people but the partnerships that i want to i want to um, build with people and the companies that we're wanting to work with the most really seem to be grasping you know that terpenes are the way of the future that this is what we really need to be highlighting and that the quality of bud is not dictated by that percentage that it's really it's a combination of all those things i'm not anti-thc um, but at the same time i just i think that we've really got our priorities kind of out of whack and we're starting to see that really turn the corner at least in my experience you know the conversations i'm having seem to uh to be going you know better yeah i think that that um you know highlights another thing that we've talked about here recently uh which is the um the legislation to try, to try to do pre-packaging and, and force people to pre-package -pre and, um, you know, not being able to see or smell the product, um, I think is going to be a, a huge uh, problem for this industry. If we want to continue to push that this isn't just THC based, um, you know, you should be able to smell the product and see the product, um, you know, something that's 28%, you put it against something that's 20% that's grown right, you're going to see the difference, you're going to smell the difference. And uh, I think that's ultra important. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, something you haven't talked about at all that you that we talked about in the in the uh, the pre-show is that you um, you're also a, uh, into music. You're a performer. Um, you perform under the name Daisy Box. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that and, and what kind of music you you, you perform. Yeah, uh, awesome. Thanks for bringing it up. So yeah, we um, basically about a probably two years ago. Um, unfortunately, I lost my my brother to um, addiction. 
and that kind of just it stirred up a bunch of new content new new uh new music and stuff that uh i really hadn't written before um and it just it led to recording some songs and then once the the um, venue started to open back up i got an opportunity to start playing live again and from there it's just started to kind of build so um yeah so daisy box is probably it's best described as like an acoustic uh driven soft rock or something like that some people say i had someone tell me that it sounds like driving music um so <laughs> take that interpret that uh, as you will um but if you are interested in hearing what it sounds like uh, if you search daisy box all one word um, on any of your streaming platforms that you're listening to music it, it should pop up i got a few songs out um out there right now Taylor, what a, uh, you know, really sorry to hear about your brother. And you know, I appreciate you you sharing that with us. Um, I was going to ask you one question, but I've actually kind of like to ask you a different one if I can. Uh, having, you know, experienced battling someone that's going through addiction and um, working in this industry, that is one area that I can relate in, you know, dealing with family members, dealing with addiction. Um, it's brutal. It's brutal on a good day. And yeah. when you're doing this job in that sales position, um, how does, I don't want to say the pain of that, but I feel like everybody's in, in cannabis for different reasons. And the people that are absolutely best at it are in the in it for a reason, because often they have stories where they've seen the um, side effects of other substances, you know, opioids, addiction, alcohol, other things as well. Uh, when you're dealing with cannabis education, how do those past experiences kind of motivate you to to be the best you can be at your job? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking that. I think that's a really important, you know, question because, I mean, obviously it, it influences, you know, creative expression, but in your day-to-day -day life, when you've, when you've went through something like that, um, in, in this case, um, he thought it was heroin. It turned out that it was fentanyl. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're you're watching someone struggle with that, it was most of my life, you know, that he he was dealing with with you know different forms of, of opioid addiction. And I think I was really closed off to how do we help, you know, you know him in this situation. I was pretty young. And so I didn't really have a well-rounded idea of, you know, what it's like for someone to be struggling with addiction. And when you don't have that context, um, especially if you're not in the world of cannabis yet, there's a, a big judgmental, you know, tough love approach that can really drive people away from succeeding um, at, uh, at finding recovery. And so coming into the cannabis industry, um, you know, at first it was like, I like cannabis. I think that it helps some people and I'd love a discount, you know, and that that was really you know, it, it sounds shallow. It's, it sounds like a shallow point now, but that was what kind of got me interested. And then once I started working with people uh, right in front of me that are dealing with, you know, everything from cancer to, you know, battling opioid addictions and seeing, that, you know, the impact that some a product like RSO can have on someone's life, it really started to make this job so much more uh, fulfilling. Uh, just because I felt like the impact that we were having indirectly or directly with these people hearing their stories and, you know, sometimes people breaking down and, and crying because they're just so grateful that you have access uh, to something that can help them, especially early on in the medical days. 
oh, that, that really pushed me and drove me to to make this more than just a job, you know, and, and that's what helped me stay focused and, and really take advantage of the opportunities um, that were given to me. And I think it's it's a kind of a it's kind of like a, a way of paying respect to his life and so many others that, you know, we want to provide access to something that's going to give you the relief that you're looking for. Um, that might go beyond an, an opioid solution. And so that that's been huge. Um, and it definitely informs, you know, kind of the moves that I make as far as how I talk about this stuff and, and how I use it even in my own life. So yeah, it definitely, uh, it definitely impacts it. And I'd say one more thing I'd like to add on that point is, and I, I don't think we talked about this in the pre-show, but we should cover it uh, at some point is um, Valor Craft, the, the company that I work for, we're, we're doing a thing right now called Acts of Valor. Um, and we partnered with um, uh, Lake Effect and Sons and Daughters United, which I know you guys know Josie, great person, great human being. And uh, we raised over $1,100 for them um, a couple a couple of weeks ago, and that went awesome, and we were super grateful. But just to hear the type of things that you know, sons and daughters or Great Lakes expungement, the things that those that we're doing as, in this industry, when you have nonprofits or like companies like that, really speaks to the best parts of this this industry, the best reasons that we do what we do. Lots of people making money, and that's great. I don't think it's wrong to want to support your family and build yourself but we can't let that slip away. Like the reason we're here uh, is for advocacy. And uh, if this can help people and let us have a good time on the weekend, great. But at the same time, um, you know, working with a, a company like that, Lake Effect, they did a great job. They set the bar high and we raised a lot of money and sons and daughters just doing a great work for helping people who have struggled through addiction or have prior drug convictions still be able to move their life forward through scholarships and, um, you know, expungement screenings and stuff like that. All of that stuff is really the driving force of, of what makes me want to get up in the morning and, and do what we do. It really too. seems like an interesting dichotomy to me too. If we look back to our to with Anton Harb and the conversation about uh, about what uh, what our veterans are going through with PTSD and just the how hard it is to access it, and we can't sit and wait around for the government to do things. And it has to do with al almost all philanthropy and all you know, especially the, all the amazing things that um, that Josie does, and you know, just people have to take things in their own hands and it's really sad that you know we we treat this still as a drug and not and, and a and a legal issue and not a medical issue and, and and true medicine i mean it helps so many so many people and it's just a damn shame that we have to rely i mean i guess take things into your own hands but you know come on get with the times make some changes and let's really get things going and help people yeah 100 percent yeah, I agree, Tom. You know, it's 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 frustrating. Um, you know, it's interesting what ta uh, Taylor brought up. You know, what when I when I first you know started smoking uh, weed, it was about you know getting high and and uh, and the the culture and, and hanging out with your buddies and trying to get the the, the product. And then you know I kind of got sucked in to the, the the culture more and more. And and then you start to to see things like like Taylor was talking about. Um, you know, my dad went through um, a real real painful uh, death with with kidney failure. And and I remember uh, sneaking um, some some cannabis edibles into his dialysis one day and giving it to him. 
and not really telling anybody that I had given it to him. And he ate like a full Subway sandwich for like the first time in like four months. Like the nurses were like, what did you do to your dad? He's like laughing. He's having a great time. You know what I mean? And it's like instances like that that you run into along the road. I have a, another cancer patient that, that's been getting a RSO from me for about five years and they're still alive today. And they, they fully proclaim it's the, the RSO. Um, when I worked at the dispensary, we had a guy come in and, and he had skin cancer on his nose and began applying RSO onto his nose. And within like three months, like the, the scab, like literally like flaked off and there was brand new fresh skin underneath it. And like the cancer was gone. And <clears throat> those things that you run into along the road, it's it just sucks you in more and more. You see the empathy amongst, um, you know, the, the, the people of the culture, I, I, I suppose, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. People like Josie that you mentioned, you know, and, and, and the work that she does. And, and, uh, I, I was unaware of, of the, the stuff that you were doing with Valor to, to raise funds for them. And I think that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know something that I've really talked to Josie a lot about too, is like, uh, just, we want it to come off as genuine as possible. You know, I mean, obviously, um, if people try Valor and they like it and we raise money for them, like that's, that's great too, you know, just in all honesty, but the, the, at the end of the day, we could sell no Valor. And if she walked away with 450 bucks in donations, cause people just gave money to her, like that was a win, you know, that was a huge win for us and to make it all better. Uh, we think a lot of people got to try our stuff and enjoy it, but we also were able to raise, you know, more money than I was expecting. You just never know how those things are going to go. Um, but we feel like it was incredibly successful. We'll have some more stuff coming on uh, about that too. And, you know, um, it seems like we'll probably do a lot of stuff with sons and daughters in the future, but, um, you know, we're open to, to working with stores that elect someone else. So, you know, that's something that we're really open to is talk to your bud tenders. What are your staff passionate about? What are the things that, that they care about? Is there an organization that they already like and that they already want to support that they want to do more for because I think that the more you can get bud tenders to buy in and really feel like they're doing something to improve people that they care about and, and, and the causes that they care about, you'll have more success. And that was what we experienced with Lake Effect. So um, love sons and daughters, love Josie. Um, but, you know, just any opportunity we can get to have a little bit of, you know, cannabis with a purpose. Uh, I've heard that term a couple times more recently. And that's just so true. Like, you want to outshine the big guys we got to be doing stuff that really matters to people and when you do good things like those are the viral moments right like when you look at a, you watch a video and it's it's someone you know helping uh, a homeless person get on their feet and and before you know it they've raised twenty thousand dollars this person has a new car and, and a new job and they've you know they've completely turned their life around like people want to see people win and what better way to help build a brand, but also like actually do something good and not feel like it's just about profit and, and greed. Um, that's really the whole idea behind Acts of Valor is, is we want to, we want to get the word out there about what we do and who we are. But um, at the end of the day, it, it's a win-win when we can actually do some good. And so I'm just excited to see what Josie continues to do with that. And hopefully we can set up some more dates here soon. Yeah, you know, to me, those those acts uh, of of uh, a charity, 
you know, those are way more impactful, in my opinion, than writing a check for $50,000 to a, a national charity that most of it gets, you know, eaten up in administrative fees. And the only reason you did it is to get the tax deduction. You know, I know uh, just by listening to you guys talk, you know, and I know Tom, and when we make a, a charitable, charitable contribution to somebody like, you know, Josie's fund or, you know, helping redemption or whatever it might be, you know, like the last thing on our mind is like, how am I, what am, how's this going to affect me tax wise? Like, like we kind of forget about that. You know, we, we do it from the bottom of our hearts. And, and like I said, I feel like that stuff's more impactful than, than just writing a big check and, and, and looking good for, for the picture. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah, totally agree. So Taylor, um, we kind of skipped off for a second as we, we kind of moved on to that topic, but I wanted to get back to, um, the, uh, the music that you play with Daisy box and, and you're going to be, uh, playing at Canabash here coming up soon. Tom's also going to be playing at Canabash. It sounds like you guys should get together backstage and roll up a fat doobie and, and enjoy a, an awesome show. I might try to get out there and, and see it with you guys. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about it. You know, um, Working in this space, in the cannabis space, a lot of opportunities have presented themselves. Um, and I uh, have some other things that I'm working on too that, you know, just people that I've worked with in, in the cannabis space that might provide some opportunities to play some more. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just pumped. You know, I grew up playing music and, uh, but it was usually within like a religious context. And I went through a big just change in my life and I really just wasn't a part of that, that world anymore and this was some of the first music that I've written that was really just based off of like where I'm I'm coming from and, and my life experience so I'm excited to share that uh, with uh, with Canabash and also you know where I don't have a full band that I perform with currently so I uh, it'll be an acoustic set uh, um, but uh, those are always really intimate and I'm excited so I'll be playing at eight o'clock um, at, uh, on their secondary stage for some like local artists and stuff like that, that, the, that they're going to have playing that night. Yeah. We're playing first on the main stage with, uh, with echoes of Pink Floyd. And I just want to talk about the cannabis. I know it's a rather contentious, um, thing because of the, some of the vendors, right. That are, that are participating, but I don't think there's a lot of information out there, uh, about, how this thing came to flourishing. Uh, this thing was all based upon uh, a celebration of municipal opt-in is my understanding. And uh, this whole thing was, there, there's a board that consists of all retailers within the municipality that have licenses. And they're the ones that make the decisions on what is happening at the festival, as far as especially what's being sold by whom. And they're all vertically integrated for the most part. So uh, that does become an issue for people trying to um, have their products vet, you know, to have their products at the at these events too. Once everything is controlled, you know, from seed to retail all the way through to even public distribution, um, for people to have options when they go out. And so I just want people to know if you're listening and this is not an anti-caregiver event. There are some MCMA players involved, and that is very unfortunate. The thing was actually built around to in include every single licensee that has a retail license in Muskegon. Uh, to celebrate their opt-in. And then that was that was built on a um, organizer that is no longer involved. And uh, Connie and Dan Sparrow did come in and they're trying to make lemonade out of this thing. And uh, Connie did contact me to have Echoes come and play. And despite the fact that, um, but I mean, I don't know the whole list of vendors, but I know that, you know, good old Green Peaks there, you know, Sky Mint. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, does it, 
it's unfortunate because Real Leaf isn't going to be there. Our products aren't being sold there. But, uh, you know, we still want an opportunity to get out and play. And, you know, this is a personal choice, just like with you, Taylor, to get out and, and perform and be part of these celebrations. I mean, Bone, Thugs and Harmony is going to be there. You know, we've got a Pink Floyd band opening for, a, you know, a bunch of rap and hip hop. And I'm really excited to do this. And, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes <clears throat> without those kinds of budgets that comes from that, too, some of those things can't happen. So I uh, just... Disclaimer, whether you like it or not, that's that's the history of what's happening with Cannabash, and that is coming up this Saturday, right, in Muskegon? Yeah, yeah, on the 9th. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, just to be clear, you know, like I said, I, I, I got my start uh, working with, with caregivers and being able to help them build their brands. Um, brand building in some capacity has been a big key role in, in my experience in my career with, with this job and, and all the different positions I've held. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, as someone who's trying to get their music out there and, and um, you know, grow as an artist, these opportunities, um, when they present themselves, you know, my personal values come with me wherever I go. And so, um, you know, I fully support caregivers. If caregivers, I had a, a caregiver um, donate their whole harvest to um, RSO for my father-in-law, and we saw him beat cancer. Um, and uh, he's been clear now for going on probably six or seven months. So we're, we're still hoping for, for the best as they keep, you know, continue to monitor. But, uh, you know, we used RSO that was that was made with a caregiver. And I feel like that that to me is uh, is plenty enough reason to just leave them the fuck alone, allow them to uh, do what they do and help patients. And um, so I fully support, you know, people being able to to have their, their grow at home and also to, to have their patients assigned to them still. Yeah, you know, it's a sticky kind of subject. And, you know, I just I encourage everybody out there that's listening just to have empathy about the situation. Um, you know, people are on the come up and they're trying to fit in where they can. Uh, and, you know, it's just a tough situation for, for business owners um, when you want to support the caregiver uh, model, uh, but also have the corporate, uh, you know, companies here as well. And so, um, you know, trying to navigate that without burning bridges or, or, or trying to negatively impact your business, it, it's, a, it's a, just a tough area to be in. And so I just ask that, you know, people be empathetic and put yourself in other people's shoes. You know, uh, Tom's got a great opportunity here to, to perform on an awesome show along with Taylor and and uh, and you can't pass up opportunities like that. So, um, you know, I, I completely understand where you guys are coming from and, and uh, I hope that it's a kick-ass show and you guys really enjoy yourself and uh, the crowd has a great time, so. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, I might try to get out there. Uh, I've got it on my, my schedule because of Echoes of Pink Floyd, but uh, now I've got uh, Taylor to come see as well. So uh, that gives me even more incentive. Um, real quick, I want to pivot also. Um, Valorcraft is sponsoring uh, an event that, that Nate's been hard working on. It's the, the Mid-Michigan uh, Cannabis Young Professionals page on Facebook. Uh, Nate has been working on uh, putting together a networking event. Um, tomorrow uh from six to eight at the causeway bay hotel um right here in lansing so um nate you want to talk to us a little bit about that and taylor i'll get your your comments on valor uh, valor uh, sponsoring after nate you know absolutely kevin thank you and you know first and foremost thank you to taylor uh for being our brand sponsor we've got a couple different options uh in terms of sponsorships uh grap uh grap Larish is going to be our food sponsor and they are an accounting firm that specializes in uh, cannabis and I reached out to Taylor and said hey would you like to be our brand sponsor for the event 
he said absolutely um and working with them on everything as well so kind of the very short uh history of this group and this event was uh i have a little bit of a different background that i uh, don't necessarily have a cannabis background i came from a law firm marketing and then public relations uh, a public relations agency as well so my uh, background and introduction to cannabis is different than a lot of other individuals um as well so really what i noticed in a lot of other these uh, some of these other groups is there was um, a lot of these young professional specific um, mixers and industry events um, like special awards and stuff that were just focused on young people trying um, and succeeding to kind of, you know, be trailblazers for the next generation as well. And I had been thinking about this for a while that I really felt like the cannabis industry, uh, especially Lansing, because there's such a density of uh, cannabis employees here, really deserved a its kind of own recognition, especially for those uh, younger individuals, those bud tenders making $15, $17 an hour and stuff. And the more I thought about it, I said, well, these these individuals are going to be the assistant general managers of tomorrow, the general managers of tomorrow. But a lot of times these individuals have come from um, the retail space, the restaurant space, and they may have never kind of been in that super professional environment. They may have never had a mentor or an accountability partner or someone that's willing to sit down with them and give some resume feedback give some cover letter feedback, um, teach them how to interview their interviewer, ask these questions or negotiate for salaries. Um, I think a lot of times there's some fantastic companies out there that absolutely take care of their employees and give them everything they, um, you know, everything they deserve and earn and stuff. And there's a lot of other companies out there that just kind of take advantage of employees because cannabis is cool and, you know, just being here is pay enough sometimes, right? We've all seen both ends of that. So this, this group, um, you know, I've had a pretty fortunate life on a lot of things, but every single time I've been able to get into a position that I wanted to be in, it was usually because I had a network. I knew someone there. I could have that conversation. I could kind of ask those critical questions. And a lot of individuals that are in that bud tender space or in that um, new to the cannabis industry as a whole, they just don't have that. They've never had someone a few years older than them that they can, hey, how does it sound if I write my email like this? Or what about, what if I, what if I do this? Or what do you guys know about them? All these really hard questions that um, kind of create a situation where you're just a stack of resumes on someone's desk and you don't feel like you really uh, matter. So uh, I thought about this and uh, wanted to create an environment where people could actually come to meet someone and hang out and meet other people rather than just more Zoom calls, more calls, more video calls, um, really a come out and meet other people event. So I worked um, with uh, Causeway Bay and the, the Best Damn Social Lounge, which is within Causeway Bay as well. Um, I worked with them, they were very generous and said they would let us use um, their space. And on top of that, I uh, worked with a very accomplished uh, local chef, Chef Dusty, who his uh, specialty is these uh, birria tacos that I've had them, they are amazing. Um, so we're gonna be doing this event from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, the focus is going to be on people in that 21 to 34 range. If you are above that, you are more than welcome to attend. We just ask that you bring someone who is under that 34 range kind of as your um, guest to the event as well, because we are trying to, and I, I'm getting some some stiff looks from Tom and Kevin over here, but that's that's part of the fun. Dealing with an age crisis was, a, was not something I planned for, but something I've gotten very comfortable dealing with on some people. So um, we, had, we, we appreciate all of our more experienced professionals out there. So what makes you think that Tom and I aren't under 34? 
I have no idea, Kevin. I'm sorry for my assumptions. <laughs> so, um, but so we're going to be doing these events um, on a monthly basis, usually in the first week of the uh, month. Uh, a couple of cool things that'll be happening there. We will be having guest speakers each time, and we will announce a young professional of the month. Uh, we have chosen our winner for this month. There will be an actual uh, nice award that will be given to them at the event um, after our guest speakers. So really cool thing there. Um, so we have those two things. Our first guest speakers are going to be Kyle Miller and Chris Silva, kind of the dynamic duo sales team that have some of the most broad and diverse experience in the industry. So do attend, uh, do come with questions for them. They are a boon of um, information that they can provide uh, for you as you grow and develop in your career. Um, like I said, did you we'll, check their driver's licenses? Maybe. Before you. <laughs> maybe. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Can but, you be a guest speaker and be older than 34 years old? Yes, that part will okay. be okay. That That's part how you get be. in to hang out without That's, having to yeah, we've steal got a, somebody. We've got a reverse bouncer. Like, I'm sorry, sir, you're too old. You can't come to this event. It's like, the, it's like a <laughs> But you can teach everyone at the no. event your wisdom. Yeah. There's a balancing act that we're, we're striking with everything. Um, so there'll be that, there'll be awards, there'll be full uh, food for everybody. They're doing a full um, dinner for everybody as well. So come early, the food will be great. Um, and then we've also created a, a mentorship program where you can actually apply to be a mentor or apply to receive mentorship. Uh, we're still rolling that out a little bit as well, but it's an opportunity. It's kind of called like an adult, big brothers, big sisters, more in a professional sense that just having that someone that's a little bit more senior that you can message, call, email, and kind of have a, a safe answer from someone that's not going to try to pull one over on you. Um, so that's kind of what we're trying to create. The group's already got like over 300 members in it, which is kind of insane. Um, it kind of blew up overall, uh, overnight a little bit, but I think it's going to be a really cool space to focus on the next generation of cannabis professionals. So really excited. And Taylor, I'll, I'll pass it to you again. Thank you so much for being our brand sponsor for the event. Yeah. Thanks for asking, uh, asking me to, to hop on. Um, you know, again, it's, it's for us, it's, uh, any chance I can get to to talk about Valor and, and who we are and the things that we're doing, uh, it's a great opportunity. But again, you know, kind of going back to, you know, I, I, it shouldn't be all, you know, brand awareness and no, you know, no giving back in some way. And I feel like being a part of a group like this um, is going to really help just bring up a group of professionals that are going to contribute more than uh, just a couple of years and then you know they quit and move on to something else because um, unfortunately there is a lot of turnover and I think something that we could really benefit from in this industry is one giving young people um, a voice to, to kind of share their ideas and share the direction and as we create that openness uh, between you know, uh, executive leadership down to uh, kind of the front lines of the industry, we're going to see a lot of growth. I mean, we talked about education. We talked about uh, equipping, you know, how do we make it as easy as possible as cultivations for retail staff to talk about your products, right? It's going to help you, but also it pushes this education forward. And so I think things like this is really going to add a lot of value to the industry. Um, and I know you know, kind of navigating it through the last few years from my mid twenties into now, you know, being 30, seeing, seeing how far you can come in, in just a short amount of time and how much you can advance your career. Um, because I was fortunate enough, kind of like you, Nate, I had more of a, a corporate background. I worked in banks um, and uh, I managed inventory and other capacities um, and, uh, and stuff like that. So I've always been kind of on the back end. I've always done creative projects. And so, um, anytime that I get a chance to help someone out or, you know, be helped, um, I'm definitely down to, to attend. So yeah, thanks again for, for having me be a part of it. I'm looking forward to it.
well uh Galler craft's gonna be there um i'll have my booth set up i'll be uh, i'll have a few of these laying around and uh some other goodies that i'll, I'll be passing out so come come join us and uh, i'd love to chat yeah we know that real leaf would love to sponsor one also i feel what? that uh we have very we have very low turnover we have great retention at our you yeah. know at our business but that's because we listen to our people and we do have a lot of young people that work with us and yeah. uh you know i think that even beyond just young professionals i think older professionals in our industry could could listen they yeah. need to just listen i mean then you'll evolve i mean not everything's a great idea but you don't know unless people you give people the you know the space to to speak and uh, tell you what they're looking for out of this whole thing because this is new where we have the opportunity to make what this is this industry absolutely tom you know i'd love to have that and i'm, I'm sure we can work something out um with that as well i have a couple other uh, it's not quite finished yet but one uh two portions two additional things i'm going to work on is for one of our events we're going to do a little bit of an all an all-woman panel um and just provide kind of that perspective on how to grow and develop in that industry so that'll be one of them as well and then um one uh, unique situation that I've noticed is there's a lot of people that are closers that just literally cannot make the event because they're not at work until like 10 o'clock at night. Um, we, I'm in works on trying to create a closers event once a month as well. It'll be a little bit of a scaled down event. It'll be a little bit more of just a chill kind of hangout. There's not going to be necessarily like as like food intensive. It'll be like more snacky stuff, but it'll be kind of probably like a 10 to midnight thing. We may be able to do it at the same location, still working on that. But I just want anybody to know who's listening to this and is a closer and traditionally cannot make these events we are working on an event that will accommodate that that's really cool so nate is there a, a cost to attend these events nope i've been extremely passionate there will never be an a there will never be a cost to attend these events there will never be a cost for food or anything like that um because to be incredibly honest i want the bud tender who's making 15 dollars an hour who's never been to any event before or never been invited to any event to just show up it's not a formal event you don't need to dress up jeans and a brand shirt is totally fine and encouraged um, but there's no cost and there will not be a cost um, as well. And the uh, last thing to two quick plugs I'll give is we actually are doing um, some infused uh, buttercups as well there. So there will be some infused products. Uh, we are using some redemption RSO with that. So that'll be a really cool um, option there. Big shout out to Chef Dusty for that. And um, it, it should be it should be a really good time overall. I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's been a project in the works for a while. So big thank you to uh, everybody who's been able to help us out with this so far. Hugely appreciate it. Hey, Nate, people listening out there, how would they uh, find out more information about this if they want to get a hold of you? Is there like a web page or, or tell us how to get a hold of you? So there is a Facebook group that you verbatim have to type in mid-Michigan Cannabis Young Professionals or get invited to it from a friend. It's a private group. I'm trying to keep it that way a little bit intentionally. Uh, there's an event within there that you're more than welcome to uh, join and RSVP for the event. We're going to try to keep it that way because sometimes event bright and other websites get a little get a little angry with cannabis events and stuff but yeah we're trying to do them once a month if i can get the uh the closers event there may be two a month there but i just am already biting off a lot more than i usually can chew on this stuff so we'll see how the first event goes we'll learn one or two lessons and we'll adapt from there but there will be really good food i've had it it's seriously amazing stuff so uh taylor uh, how, how can uh, people get a hold of valorcraft if they're looking to get some flour on their shelves yeah, so a couple different ways. Uh, you can always follow me on uh, on Instagram. It's just at Taylor Hottenstein. 
um, or if you go to at Valorcraft420 um, and uh, and message the uh, the Instagram, you can get a hold of me. Uh, you can also go to Valorcraft.com. And uh, if you go under the THC tab, it'll give you links to our link and uh, in our other menus, um, and it'll give you my contact information, which, um, you know, like I said, you can you can look me up and I'll, I'll you know, I always talk to people through Messenger and stuff like that too, whatever is most convenient. But uh, if you go to the website, um, you'll definitely get a hold of me, ballotcraft.com. Awesome. Yeah, Taylor, it's been uh, it's been awesome meeting you, man, um, and hearing about Valorcraft. The more I hear, the more I like about you guys and, and what you, you guys stand for. And so I'm excited to see companies like you guys to uh, continue to succeed and continue to do more uh, charitable work that, that I, I really think is going to have a, an immediate impact, which is great. Um, unfortunately, we are running a little bit short on time today. We got some hard outs. Um, so I want to real quick give uh, Tom and Nate uh, a chance to say their final goodbyes, and then we'll, we'll come to you, Taylor. So, uh, Tom. Yeah, Taylor, man. It's great to meet you. It's always great to meet people, can, you know, passionate about cannabis and in it for the right reason. And, you know, Valorcraft, definitely going to keep an eye out when I'm out in the wild to pick some up. And, uh, you know, I just keep keep fighting the good fight. And, you know, I'll see you on Saturday, man, I'm sure. Yeah, hoping to, to see some of that flower as well and see what you guys are messing Absolutely. with. Uh, Nate, you got some final th thoughts today? Yeah, absolutely. Taylor, thank you so much for being on. Um, you're gaining a you're gaining a great name for yourself in this industry. Whenever I see your name, people say a whole bunch of nice, nice things afterwards. So you've absolutely earned that. I know both Joy, uh, Josie and Roy over at uh, Local Roots are huge fans of you as well. And they and Roy gets hit up all the time by salespeople. I even butt tend over there sometimes on certain weekends for charity stuff. So uh, you were able to win him over. He's a great guy. I, I trust his measure of character um, more than more than most people's on some stuff. So. A uh, big shout out to you guys as well um, for doing that. And I, again, appreciate your help with everything. And I can't, I can't wait to see what you're going to do for the industry. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on here. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun to get to talk about this stuff. I feel like that's all I think about all day is, is cannabis and cannabis industry and, uh, and everything that we've chatted about today. So Anytime, uh, anytime, I'd be glad to be on. It's it's been really cool. Great to hear. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. It's been a it's been a great conversation, and like I said, the more we hear, the more we like. So um, yeah, we'll definitely have to bring you back sometime here in the future. And uh, good luck with uh, with all you got going on with Valorcraft, and uh, continue the good fight, brother. Much appreciated. Thank you. We'll do. And with that, uh, that concludes our show for this week. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next the week. Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey. <laughs>